Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to Hope Sunday. Hey, we've got a lot to celebrate. What an amazing season that God's allowed us to participate in serving our city, in bringing hope to the hopeless. I don't know if you just watched that little video, but we're here to declare that we've given out over a half a million meals to our neighbors into the neighborhoods all around the metro. And that's something that you and I did. That's something that the church did. And so grateful to be a part of all that God is doing through church. You know, we're limited. Right now, and what we can do, our, our buildings are a little bit empty on Sunday, and I have an, an update for you in just a moment on that. They're not going to be empty for too much longer, but even though our buildings might be empty on Sundays, our hearts are full for our neighbors, our hands are full with help, and we are pouring out for those that need it in a season, unlike anyone, unprecedented in my life, where people have real needs. There's a lot of real hurt, a lot of real pain going on. How many know that God always has a plan, even in the midst of pain, to bring help, to bring peace, to bring breakthrough, to bring healing, to bring hope? And that's what this Sunday is all about. It's not a celebration of all that we have done. We're going to give God all the glory for that. What an honor it is to be a part of being solution in people's time of need. It's really, it's an, it's an opportunity to rally together, to huddle together about what does it look like for the future of our church, because we're just getting started. This is just the beginning of all that God is going to do. And so a big welcome to everybody watching wherever you find yourself right now. Uh, maybe you're watching by yourself. Maybe you're in one of our home-to-home -home groups. Shout out to you that are gathering together. You know, it's such a tumultuous season for our nation, for our city, for the world. But I do believe it's a God season. I do believe he's got something special in store. Maybe you've given up hope just a little bit. I believe you're going to get your hope back today. Maybe you're, what you're looking at in front of you, the obstacles in your way, you don't know how you're going to make it through. Well, God is a way maker. We just declared that. And that's more than a song. That's an attribute of his character. And you can find his peace and you can still fulfill the purpose of heaven for your life. Your destiny is not canceled. It's not on delay. There's fresh hope for you in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for uh, you. I want to pray for our church. I want to pray for our nation. And I've got a lot more to share, but I just want to kick this off with just a moment of prayer. We're going to show a little interview in just a second. And I've got some other things that have been on my heart and Liz's heart for us to share for our hope initiatives in the future. Uh, I think you might be well aware there's been another incident happened in Atlanta. And I don't know all the facts, and so I'm not here to talk about it from a news perspective. I'm here to talk about it from a gospel perspective. There's still more hurt, more pain, more struggle and strife. We need Jesus more than ever. We need healing. We need reconciliation more than ever. And I do believe it's God's will. It's God's will that we'd be at peace. It's God's will that hearts would be healed. And the Bible says when we pray and ask anything according to God's will, it's as good as done. So I don't know about you, but that gives me some God confidence that I can pray trusting that he's going to go to work. Can we pray? I want to pray for you. And let's pray together, church. Come and join with me. Lord, I thank you that you are so good. In a world gone bad, you're up to great. You're up to bringing peace in the midst of all these problems. We speak healing. We speak restoration. We speak unity into our nation. We speak peace. And we thank you that every place of pain, we're not ignoring it any longer. 
we're leaning into it, but we're leaning into it with a Holy Spirit solution. That every time you see hurt in our lives, brokenness in our world, God, you're up to restoration and you're up to revival. So we ask your revival to show up. I thank you that you would calm the storms of adversity in our nation. You would kick this disease and virus to the curb. I think that everything we are facing, the pain, the disunity, Lord, you're actually gonna work everything meant for destruction around for your good. I pray for everyone watching, everyone leaning in, everyone in a home to home right now, that you're providing for them, there's hope for them, there's breakthrough for them. In Jesus' mighty name, if you believe that, can I get an amen? Come on, if you're on YouTube right now, give me an amen. Give me a digital amen. I got about 10 people in the room. They're doing a pretty good job, but that's not enough for me. Man, I can't tell you how much I actually, I absolutely, Liz and I, we miss your face and uh, we miss gathering together, we miss worshiping together. So let me give you a back to church update. We actually have filmed one of these already, but things changed so quickly, we needed to do it again. And I just thought I'd come to, with you live to really share my heart and what the plan is for us to come back together in having church gatherings on Sunday morning and Sunday night. Uh, this last week, I talked to the mayor. I had a, about a 30-minute conversation with the mayor. We talked about gathering as a church. We also talked about the, the state and the affairs of our city, the divisiveness. I asked how we can better serve our city. I asked, I asked how we can also still stand with police and serve those as well, that we're going to be bridge builders on both sides. But when we talked about church, he really asked me, and I've been in conversation as well with the two other large churches that are in the Central City Corridor, and he asked me that if we would just push off a couple more weeks, he believes things are gonna open up quicker rather than slower. And so what we've just circled on the calendar, because it's really important to us that we stay healthy, that we are good neighbors, but there's also your spiritual health that I'm concerned about. I know that for many of us watching online is a great additive, but it's not a replacement for what it means to be in the house. And so we're gonna look at and circle and look to launch back to live in-person gatherings with lots of safety and spacing on July 12th. Can we celebrate at least that there's a date in the future that we're looking forward to? I don't know about you, but I'm gonna probably be foaming at the mouth excited for July 12th. And so we're gonna do everything we can with every precaution possible. Uh, at that time, we potentially could have even more than 50% capacity in our buildings, as well as having an opportunity for us to gather Hillsong kids with some limited classroom sizes, because church is family, and families belong in church. So we're doing our very best. Thank you for, some of you, your patience. And for some of you, that still might be too soon for where you're at in your heart. Hey, we understand we're going to continue live online broadcasting. That's not going away. In fact, we've been doing that for years. We'll continue that as well. But this is what I want to declare to you. We are not going back to church as normal. We are not going back to the way it used to be. In fact, we're not even going back to church. We're going forward into revival. We're going forward into the purpose of God. We're going forward into reaching more people. We're going forward and bringing help and healing to our neighbors. And even though we haven't seen each other face to face for a while, uh, I do believe we've leaned in like never before to serve our city. You know, for years, uh, Liz and I had this desire to have an outreach space, this house of hope. Um, in fact, when we first opened up the North location, we had that warehouse space that that we designated that's what it would be used for to help people in the place of need to reach the community. Um, we thought it'd take about nine, 10 months. It actually took about double that to get it done. 
And I tell you, that process in raising the support, the resources, and the build-out, which I'm so grateful for your generosity, the process in all of that was painful. I felt like there was something inside of us that took longer to the give birth than we wanted. And yet, I can't help but see now that we open that thing up at the exact God time for it to be utilized to reach as many people as possible. How many know that God knows what He's up to? God knows every delay is really just an opportunity for greater destiny. And so we opened it up at the perfect time and we've been participating and reaching. Right now, the main thing we can do because of the limitations in gathering is feed the hungry, is take care of our neighbors. Our church has been one of the main givers of food, distributors of food to churches on the east side, churches in KCK. In other words, I want you to know, people would go hungry. People would have less than the best if it wasn't for you and I, if it wasn't for what God was doing through the House of Hope. I don't know about you, but I believe it's been in my heart more than ever. And I'm here to declare on Hope Sunday, we need a house of hope in every neighborhood, every borough in our city. Why? People need hope all over Kansas City and beyond. And so I believe that this first one is just the beginning of many, of how God is going to utilize us to reach people right where they're at. There is more for us. There's more for us. A half a million meals is a great start, but the end goal isn't a million meals. The end goal is kingdom come. The end goal is as it is in heaven, let it be here on the earth. And God is unleashing inside of us this heart for humanity like never before. And let me just tell you, if this is your church, then serving is your thing. If this is your church, if I'm your pastor, if Liz and I are your leaders, then bringing hope to the hopeless, it is our thing. And I'm praying that God would awaken that heart for others. Sacrificial serving, sacrificial giving, sacrificial witnessing and loving and, and, and participating and caring for the humanity all around us. So we're doing the best with what we're allowed to do, but this is just the beginning of all that God has for us to do. You know, one thing we've done, I think really well, as, as Hillsong Church here in Kansas City, it's not just made it about us. You know, even the House of Hope, it's its own entity, it's its own enterprise. It, it, it's, it's, it's who we are and it's what we do, but it's allowed us to participate and engage with groups that normally wouldn't engage with church. And we found many of our Hope partners all over the city. Some have existed for years, some have just started since COVID. There's great leaders and great men and women Many of them are believers that are serving in our neighborhoods, serving the least of these in Kansas City, ones that others would overlook. And they've gone weary in this season. They've had resources cut off. Uh, we've been able to help come around the vision that they have under the greater vision of kingdom come, God's will be done, lift up their arms and bring them resource, bring them people to come serve alongside. And what it's really done for us it's given us an opportunity to meet people right where they're at, people that maybe we'd never have contact with on a Sunday. But on a Monday through a Saturday, we're being able to bring love, help, and hope to them. You know, the top beneficiary of our food distribution, if there was just one that gets the most, would be the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City. And I sat down with their director, their CEO, Dr. Scott, and talked a little bit about what they do as we we're continuing to form this relationship with them so that we make sure 
because every one of their locations are in places of potential pain, potential overlooked people in our city. What we can do, not just by giving food, by becoming alongside, partnering with them so that we can bring Jesus to them right where that. He's an amazing believer, an awesome man of God, and a great leader in our city. And because of him, I think nearly 8,000 kids are getting fresh help, fresh hope, and a new start, getting a, 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 a head start in their destiny and their purpose. And so we're gonna come to serve alongside him. I'd love for you to take a few moments and watch just a portion of my talk with him from this last week. Enjoy the video. I'm here with uh, Dr. Dred Scott, who uh, is a major leader and influencer in our city, taking care of the next generation through the Boys and Girls Club, which is located obviously all over the nation, but particularly here in the metro, several different locations. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do. Uh, I know you probably can't do that in, a, in less than a few minutes, uh, but tell me about maybe the most vital part of your job and your work and what you guys do through the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah, thanks, Pastor. First and foremost, thank you for having me. Honored. I'm very humbled to be here and uh, appreciate having this chance to uh, kind of talk to you and help you get to know the organization better and hopefully the church will uh, get to know about our work as well. So uh, thank you for that, I really appreciate it. Uh, so I'm the president and CEO. Uh, that means that I'm in charge of all of the business operations uh, of this great organization. We have eight program locations across Kansas City. Uh, we cross uh, both sides of the state line. So we've got uh, two clubs in Eastern Jackson County, so that's Independence, Missouri. We've got two clubs in Kansas City proper one club in uh, Wyandotte uh, County, Kansas, and uh, one club as far south in Kansas as Olathe. Yeah. Um, so altogether we serve uh, about 8,000 youth a year uh, across all uh, of those sites. And um, we, we're really um, trying to focus in on supporting youth development. In fact, we pride ourselves in being the premier youth development organization in Kansas City. So it goes beyond a place, a cool place to hang out. It goes beyond childcare, what we're doing is wrapping our arms around uh, our youth, our kids, especially those that need us most, most in order to um, help them develop into mature, successful, uh, great citizens in uh, the cities and communities that they live in. Uh, well, first of all, I love that you're on the front lines of the fight for, honestly, for the future of our city. Because mm -hmm. um, I think we're all experiencing, especially with the tension and the pain everyone's been walking through uh, when it comes to the, the the racial injustices that we've seen in our nation, but you're fighting for kids' future where we've lived in a city that's, honestly, many of us have been just okay with how it's been because we don't experience the pain or the problems or the resistance that so many of our youth and families face in the city. Mm -hmm. What would you say the most vital need is for the kids in communities like this one that we're in, in yeah. our own in our own backyard, in our own city, what's the thing that they're lacking the most? Yeah, um, I would say, actually, I got lots of thoughts around that. Uh, first and foremost, um, our kids need us to look past the outside mm. and see the promise on the inside. Um, so, if I were to go back and answer your initial question, I would say. At the core of what we do is we're tapping into the potential of our youth and helping them understand that mm -hmm. so that they can grow and embrace that and be the very best version of themselves. So the number one, what they need is 
uh, for people to not stereotype them yeah. because they come from a tough neighborhood wow. and uh, they may not have the financial, um, you know, uh, wherewithal um, that many of us enjoy. Uh, they may look and sound and smell and move differently than what the uh, majority of folks in the country and in our community um, would, would recognize as having potential. Um, but there is potential there. You just have to know to look beyond that and see the beauty and the promise there. That's, that's really powerful. How, how can a person like me, um, you know, obviously have a heart for all people. That's that compassion in Christ. Uh, our church is filled with people that look, we look like the city, mm -hmm. but it's filled with people that are so intimidated right now based upon the current climate, obviously the racial tension and pain. Um, you said something so powerful about being able to look past what someone looks like and see the potential in them. And I think a lot of people right now are just making judgment calls based upon exterior things yeah. or based upon what someone posts or doesn't post. What would you say to a person like me or a person in our church that would be intimidated to get involved, kind of activate their gifting or their ability to come and really brighten the vision of a, of a kid in our community? I firmly believe, and I'm a bit biased, I'll admit that, that really um, the, the key investment that any community can make is in the next generation because yeah, that's your future leaders, right? I agree 100%. Um, you, you have to invest in their success um, or you end up investing on the other end of that and it's going to cost you four or five times yeah. as much as that initial investment. Uh, I think, too, get involved. Don't be afraid to roll up your sleeves. You don't have to be a teacher like me in order to get involved with the Boys and Girls Club. You don't have to be an expert in working with youth. Yeah. Some people are extremely comfortable coming out and we're sitting in, in a gym now, you know, coming out and playing a pickup uh, game of basketball or kickball or whatever. That's all great. Uh, some people are extremely intimidated by that, and we recognize that. But maybe they can pick up a paintbrush and help us, you know, paint a wall or a mural or yeah. uh, establish a community garden or whatever it might be. So there are strong volunteer opportunities uh, within our, our, our club organization as well. That's wonderful. We're, we're honored to be a part. Um, we've just played a small part when it comes to food, but I definitely believe, you know, I always look for a leader. I feel like I can tell, like, this person is someone trustworthy, this person is someone who has a heart for others, mm -hmm. and you've come in just to our original meeting and conversation and all the connections we've had with you with nothing but humility, gratitude, and I can see that you're a, a man of great character and a man of faith. Thank you. And so when I see a leader that I, I feel like I can believe in, instead of trying to make everything about even what Hillsong Church does, I want to back the leader. Yeah. And so I can just make a commitment to you. Uh, whatever it looks like in the future, we're not going to be around uh, just till we're not going to be in it just till the end of COVID sure. or just till the financial or food shortage is over. We want to be a part of the future as well with you because uh, we know that together, you know, Hillsong Church is just one part of what Jesus wants to do in our city. Yeah. And you're doing a major part of what Jesus wants to do in protecting the children of our city and giving them a future. And so we're honored to be in relationship. Thank you. And I believe in, um, in partnership for the future. Thank you for caring for our kids. Thank you for being a kingdom man and making a Kansas City difference. And as a church and just leader to leader, we're going to stand with you the best that we can. Thank you. Partner with you uh, so that um, God's best can become the reality for every neighborhood in our city.
what an amazing conversation, what an amazing opportunity that we've been involved in. And uh, I do believe we are just getting started. I love what he said about people being intimidated because they don't think they have much to offer. God is not looking for you to be amazing. He's looking for you to be available. God's looking for normal people to do, say, God, whatever the opportunity is, I'm gonna trust you enough to position what little I might have in a place that can bring help. I'm gonna trust your grace. I'm gonna trust the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna trust your voice. I'm willing to get out of the boat just a little bit so I can go places I've never gone. God's looking for availability. And I, I for one, as a part of this church, and Liz and I, as we pastor this church, we're just here like never before to signal to the city, to signal to the leaders around us, to from City Hall to Boys and Girls Club and beyond, to just say, hey, Hillsong Church, we're available. I do believe we can't just preach anymore. We have to participate. We can't just share the gospel. We have to demonstrate it. We can't just say that we love. We have to show that we love. You know, the old adage is people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And I believe that hope and serving and blessing people, not with an agenda of self, but with an agenda of service and kingdom come in their life. I believe it's the breakthrough and the bridge building that is needed for us to truly see revival in pockets and places and neighborhoods of our city where the church hasn't been able to go through before. I believe we're that church and this is our time. One thing I learned from my time and conversation with Dr. Scott is there is a generation that's on the brink. There's a generation, if we really want to change the world, we invest in those that have the biggest future in front of them. And the next generation in our city, all over the city, it's not just one pocket or place, it's not just east or west, north or south, it's all over. There's a generation on the brink, and they're either on the brink of being left behind or on the brink of breakthrough. And I believe it's the church, the Holy Spirit-empowered church that will bring that change, that will bring just that little extra push, that little extra help, that little mentorship, that love, that serve, that give, that will bring breakthrough and blessing over every young person in our city. If we want to change the world, don't look back to who we used to be. Look to the future and call them into the kingdom purpose of who God desires them to be. On many of my social media posts over the last several months, anytime we're serving, I've been putting this phrase or hashtag on there, and it just says, this is church. Just to remind us that even though we're not in the building together, hey, this is church as well. This is still church. This is what we're here to do. And I just wanna speak for a few moments off that thought, this is church. And this is really, we've been in this season, we're calling called out. We had our called out conversations and there's actually a few more of those coming throughout the weeks uh, to talking about things that maybe we haven't tackled or wrestled with. We had conversations about the pain and the plight of people in our city and how we can make progress, how we can bring unity when there's been racial division and hurt. But it called out this season, we always have a declaration, we always have this confession for us to kind of rally our hearts around. I just wanna read a portion of that to you. And it says this, that as being a part of our church that's called out, I will not hide away. God has called me by name. He's positioned me for such a time as this. He's given me a part to play in bringing heaven to earth. 
My power flows from partnership with him. And I have been positioned in the family of faith to bring change to the world around me. It's not time to shrink back. It's time to move forward. God has called me out of my hiding place, my place of hiding out, so that I can help out the people around me. And this is where I want to call you out. Every single person, a part of our church, or maybe just joining us since we've been going online, that I'm calling you out. It is not time for you to hide your gifts, your abilities, your talent, your resource, your time. It's not time to be hiding out. It's time to be helping out. Your life has a mission, and the kingdom business is at hand. You know, the leadership great guru, uh, Peter Drucker, he says, a question you need to always ask yourself when it comes to your business or even your life, you've got to ask yourself, what business are we in and how is business? In other words, what are we here to do? What, what do we have to bring to the table and how well are we doing that? I think every one of us know that as a part of a church, we have a, a business of bringing people out of darkness into light, out of brokenness into healing, out of hurt and into hope, out of lost into found. And then we need to ask ourselves, how well are we actually doing that? But we can't be in the business of just being believers. We have to be in the business of blessing others. Believers live to bless other people. Business in Hillsong, Kansas City is good. When it comes to serving people, it's never been better. And again, our buildings are a little empty on Sundays, not for long, but our hands have been full in bringing help to the hurting, getting food to the hungry. We believe that we use what's in our hands to fulfill what's in our hearts. And some of you, that's what's held you back in the destiny that God has for you, in the dreams that are in the inside of you, is that you're so focusing on how do you get to your dream? How do I make this happen? And it very well could be a divine God dream, but until you get your eyes off of yourself or the resistance in front of you and start looking to bless others, even make their dreams come to pass, I'm telling you, it's catalytic, the grace that comes upon your life when you start looking to bless the lives of those that are around you. This is church. This is what we do. You know, last week I closed out that interview. In fact, if you didn't watch the interview with Captain Ron Johnson, you have to watch last week. It was, it was so powerful. In fact, one of the things I'm most proud of that we've ever produced as a church. But I closed it out with just sharing a little bit when it comes to racial healing and reconciliation from the story of the Good Samaritan. And I want to jump back into that story just for a few moments here. Because remember, and I think most of us are aware of the story if you didn't grow up in church, it's the two church leaders, Jesus says, that come in first that see this man in his plight and his pain on the side of the road. And he's right in front of them, and yet they decide to step around the problem. They decided to avert, because they, they thought that they, they didn't want to delay that which they declared was important. And I think God has given us this pause. I, I think COVID, I, I, virus and disease, sickness and death, that's from the enemy. But God's given us an opportunity for all of us to pause and really look at what's important. Family's important, faith's important. I think when we look at faith and family, then we get a heart for what heaven sees in our city, that other people belong in this family of faith. Others are important. Taking care of people is so important. And we can't be so busy trying to build our own lives that we miss being the breakthrough of the people all around our life. So then along, Jesus says, comes the Samaritan, the man that would have been despised by the crowd that Jesus was speaking to. And this good Samaritan stops gets off of his donkey, off of his animal, and bandages the wounds of this man right where he's at, then gives him his seat, lets him take his place, 
takes him to the inn to be healed and restored. Jesus says this certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, in other words, he's on his life journey, came to where this man was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. I believe God's asking our church to just take enough time to see people where they're at. That word compassion in the Greek, it means like a gut check, like something just hurts in your inside world when you see the problem in the outside world. I think it's time for our church to have like a gut check moment. What are we really in this thing for? Can I slow down my journey just enough to take some time? Can we get off of our high horse, marching towards what we think is so important? And get down where people really have pain and say, hey, I don't have all the solutions, but I can bring some bandages. I can get you to a place that can take you to a place of healing. This is church. This is what we're about. To be able to declare this is the kind of church we're called to bring, to bring hope to the hopeless. You have to say this. This has to be a declaration of your heart. I've got to let my compassion level grow beyond my comfort zone. Some of us, we're still living in our comfort zone. And until you begin to see people where they're at, let that gut check of the Holy Spirit happen in your heart. Then your compassion level will outpace your comfort zone. That's when you can be, this is the kind of church we're called to be. See, three men saw the problem. The difference, though, is some saw it and some really saw it. How many know you can see something and really see something? Another, just two others just saw the potential delay. One saw a destiny in the balance. That's what I saw when I went to the Boys and Girls Club. These amazing teachers and social workers pouring and investing into kids. For the last several weeks, eight, nine weeks, I believe they haven't been able to meet. This is their first week back. You should have seen the excitement. In fact, Dr. Scott said every kid came with like a new backpack, a fresh haircut, new shoes, because this is like the first day of school for them. But he, did, he, he told me something that broke my heart, that if they're not open, some of these kids don't eat. We were actually able to be a part of that solution by bringing food that they could take home, boxes of food, so their families could have more than the little that they normally have. How important it is that we get off of our own journey every once in a while, get off of our high horse, get down to where people really have problems and make sure that we don't just try to get to our next destination and miss the destiny that can be saved right in front of us. Let's get that gut check. The big picture of this Jesus story He's trying to explain to a man what's most important to God. How do you really honor God? And he says to love him and to love others. Listen, you cannot love dad without loving his kids. You cannot love your heavenly father without having a heart for humanity and not just people that look like you, believe like you, vote like you, act like you, protest or don't protest like you, live where you live. Love the things that you love. No, 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 no. Every single person on the planet belongs to God. They just might not know it yet. And if we really want to see kingdom come, we want to be that kind of church. If this is church, we can't say we love the Father without loving his children. The good Samaritan allowed his own life plans to be delayed so that another life could go on. Jesus says that the Samaritan eventually went on his way. He still got to his appointments. He still got to his journey's destination. He, in other words, he didn't have to fully stop his life. He just paused his agenda for the moment. That's what our hope initiatives are. They're not to replace everything you do all the time. This is church means that we're allowing time. We're giving time to allow for divine interruptions. 
divine interruptions. In fact, if you want to see more of the divine breakout in your life, I'm talking about uh, the greater grace. I'm talking about the touch of heaven. I'm talking about a special anointing on your life. Then you're looking out, not just for how you can get something for yourself, but you're allowing yourself to be delayed for a moment so that you can build a bridge, so that you can bring help, so that you can bring healing, so that you can walk in generosity, so that you can serve somebody. And if you're willing to be delayed a little bit, I believe the doors of destiny will swing wide open for you. There's more promotion. I've been looking at the people and the team that have been coming up to serve with regularity on Friday groceries and throughout the week. Many of them, their, their jobs have been put on furlough or they're working part-time. Some things have been taken away from them, but they're leaning in all the more. And I just look at a person with a heart like that and I don't even know all of their situations or story, but I know where they position themselves when it comes to serving people. And I just... I trust and know the plan of God, the character of our God, that every single one of them that is pouring out for others are about ready to be filled up in a place of overflow that they've never experienced before. I want the same for you. I want the same for our church. I want our church not to be known just for our worship, to be a global church that is represented here in Kansas City. I don't want our church just to be known for having like the most attractive pastor, <laughs> pastor and wife. Uh, in this, now, I, I, I don't want us to be known for our, our social media, for our creativity. If we could be known for anything, can we be known that we care? Can we know, be known for the fact that we give? Can we be known? They said about Jesus that there was nothing outwardly attractive about him. And yet people flocked to him. They couldn't keep the crowds away. Why? Because when he looked over the crowds, it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. His gut was always retching for those in their hurt and their pain. Jesus said things, sometimes they were popular, unpopular. Jesus said some things that were difficult. But when it came down to it, people says, no, we want to go where you go because there's something eternal happening. That's what serving is. Serving isn't just a momentary band-aid on an issue. Sure, sometimes it's just a little boost for someone in a time of need. It's actually an eternal work that's happening. Because every time you plant something, whether it's words, encouragement, serving, sacrifice, generosity in someone's life, we're planting the seeds of the kingdom of God in their heart. Jesus says, being a good neighbor isn't about emptying your bank account. It's not about quitting your job. Hey, maybe God will call you to extreme sacrifice. You gotta make sure that's the Holy Spirit. But being a good neighbor is just opening up your eyes to the simple things you can do every day to help someone in need. Then Jesus says, go and do the same. What can you do? Every one of us can do something when it comes to serving in our city, for bringing hope to our city. In fact, that's how we really become that kind of church. This is church. When we all take ownership and do a part, when we all, even with our little, pull it together, God can do much through that. I believe one of the biggest hindrances in the mission of Jesus, listen, one of the biggest hindrances in the mission of Jesus in Kansas City and beyond is the busyness of his followers. We are so busy with self. And when you're so busy with self, you have no space to bless. Don't be so busy with self that you have no space to bless. I read the story this week. It was alarming. And it was from um, Princeton Seminary. And they did a little psychology. Uh, psychological kind of quiz and test actually is pretty mean to their seminary students. They told each of, of them, a, a group, a sample size, hey, you've got to give a speech, a message on the Good Samaritan on the other side of campus. 
And they said, hey, half of them, they said, as soon as you get there, you're up to speak. We need you to fill this spot. And, and the other half, they said, hey, you got an hour. You got your time. You can get your thoughts together. You can walk over. And then what they did was just so almost diabolical. They positioned a hurting person on the path between where they were given the directions and where they would give the message about the Good Samaritan. And this person was on the ground, looked like they had been beat up, they were moaning, they were hurting. It was a representation of the man that was robbed in Jesus' story. You know, of those that were given very little time to get to the place to preach a message about the Good Samaritan, only 10% of them stopped to make sure this person was okay. Those that were given the hour, 63% stopped which I don't think any of them didn't have a heart to stop. These are people, remember seminary students, those that said, I wanna serve God, I wanna love people. But what it teaches me is that compassion takes time. You've got to make time. Compassion takes attention. We can't be so busy that we have no space to bless. COVID has given us a chance to pause life as usual. In fact, there's this big business like buzzword. There's always one every year. Uh, touch base was one a few years ago. Right now, the word pivot. How many have heard the word pivot? Like 4,000 times. Well, this was our plan, but we're pivoting to this. Like, even I've said it from the platform 15 times. But to pivot, basketball term pivot means you got both feet still on the ground. One stays in the same place and the other one moves. The other one can pivot. Don't make me hit you with a jab step right there. I'm gonna take you to the rack. It'll be over real quick. But pivot, that's what pivot means. Listen, we're not pivoting off of our purpose. We're always standing on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ alone, the only one that can save. Christ alone, the cornerstone, our firm foundation. It's the cross, it's the empty tomb, it's Jesus coming again, it's life eternal. It's all about Jesus. We're not quitting on the mission. But many of us, we've kept one foot on the gospel, we got one foot in church. And the other one is stepping forward into our agenda. The other one's looking for what's next. I get in church. I feel a little bit better about myself. I got my prayer life's getting a little better. I made some friends. And then I'm off to the next thing. I'm not as lonely as I used to be. Jesus met me in my place of need. I like our church. I love our, my new friends. And I'm pivoting over to my purpose. Can I just encourage every one of you? It's pivot season and it is not pivot season, we're still church. It's still all about Jesus. But instead of going forward into what I'm believing is best for me, I'm actually kneeling down. I'm actually looking down. I'm pivoting to a place of pain. I'm pivoting to a problem. I'm pivoting to a need. I'm looking to serve. I'm looking to give. It isn't about my agenda, and yet Jesus teaches us that the best way to get forward in your life is to lose your life. The best way to move forward in the kingdom is to not make it about you. And those that can learn in pivot season to pivot to the purpose of heaven for the plight of humanity all around you are going to experience, oh, the kiss of heaven on your life. I believe in that for our church. I desire that so much. This is church. We're not just trying to get, I do. God's got a great life. I've preached that a million times here, that there's a destiny, there's a calling, there's a purpose. It's greater than you know. There's a reward on the other end of following with your whole heart. But I'm telling you, do not pivot just into your own agenda. Look out for those that are all around you. And we have an agenda, an unapologetic one, to bring heaven to earth. It's a kingdom agenda. And our good deeds will always leave room 
for a good rapport, a good relationship to declare the good news of what Jesus has already done. This might be unpopular, but it is very true. There's a lot of, uh, of good work done for people. There's a lot of philanthropy that happens in giving to hurting people and helping those all over our city. Our, our city is known, honestly, in the whole nation. Is this a place where, 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 where charities and, and nonprofits thrive? And I'm not taking anything away from any of their work, but there is more. There's so much more. Because many of the work that is done is something great to help people. And I think that's good to the heart of God. But what's closest to the heart of God is that people would know Him. He's the way maker. He's the breakthrough. He's the prince of peace. He's the healer. He's the one who saves and only one who saves. So we want to make sure that we're not just doing good. We're doing the greatest we can. And the greatest we can ever do is to give and to serve and to participate and to bring hope with an agenda, the agenda of heaven. We want an eternal work to happen. What good would it be if we fed everyone in the city and then left them far from God? That's why prayer on Fridays, our recruit team, and we're always there, we're praying with people. Yeah, we're, we're using the, the, the frozen chicken and the milk and the greens and the produce and everything else. That's a, that's a key that we unlock a door to their heart. It says, hey, we care. Let me show you how much I care. Let me pause, what's your name? How's life? How many kids you got? What's work life like? And I'm hearing these stories. Sometimes people are fighting back tears. Lately, they've all been trying to shake my hand. I was like, hey, that is not allowed right now. And then I pray with them and I just pray the Prince of Peace would show up. I, think, I pray that their spirit would come alive to Jesus. I think that God would begin to speak to them. I, think that I pray that their destiny is not canceled. And we invite them to church because we know that in this place, in this space, God can do a move in their heart that's unlike anything else. I want you to pivot into participation. For far too long, we've had one foot in the church and one into our own agenda. Can I invite you to pivot into your purpose right now? We're not going just back to life as usual. This is who we are, this is church. I do believe everyone wants to be great. God is great. He made you in his image. There's greatness in you. There's greatness for you. But your great life for you is found in the good that you let God do through you. Matthew 20, verse 26, whoever wants to become great must, Jesus leaves no wiggle room, must be a servant to others. If you want greatness, you've got to learn to serve. Mark 10, 45, Jesus says, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. If there was ever someone that should be served, it was Jesus. And he said, no, 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 no. I put down the prestige of my platform in heaven. I, I let go of the accolades and the constant praise and attention I was receiving in that eternal place. And I entered into time and space. I entered into people's pain. I entered into the problems of humanity and I didn't come to be served. I came to serve others and to give my life as a ransom payment to buy back those in their brokenness and despair. Can we go ahead and just pour out our life? Can we just be that kind of church? This is church, this is what we do. You are saved for service. In 2 Timothy 1 verse nine, it says, God saved us and chose us for a holy work. When you're cleaning up House of Hope, when you're handing out popsicles, like my kids did this last week in serving, 
when you're organizing the food, when we're cleaning up the neighborhoods, when we're bringing food to the Boys and Girls Club, when we're inviting women in who don't have very much to be a part of the EB uh, boutique and to get really nice clothes just for free to invest in them. Every time we're doing that, that's holy. It's set apart for God. I want you to make this week as we kick off a new season of hope, a new season of serving, a new season of saying this is what church really is. Set apart your prayers. Make them holy. Start praying for the city. Pray for God to give you eyes to see the hurt all around you. Set apart your words. Begin to bless people. Speak life into people. Invest in people. Set apart your giving. Make your resources holy by honoring God and walking in generosity. Set apart your work, even your daily work. Not just to try to get your task done, but what would heaven ask of you in an everyday basis? And you need to get an attitude. I'm telling you, for a church, we need an attitude. You need an attitude adjustment. And it needs to be meaner. I never tell you, uh, normally everyone tells you to be nicer, be kinder, be sweeter. No, I think we need to be aggressive. There's too much hurt in our city for us to not take serious the plight of the people around us. I want you to get an attitude adjustment and I want you to be a little grumpier. First time I'll ever say it, probably last time. I want you to look at the problems in our city, the addictions, the pain, the poverty, the hurting, and let it upset you like things upset Jesus. And they stirred him to action. And Jesus didn't start a riot. He sat down, he fashioned a whip, and he said, this is the way people have been doing church? Not anymore. He flipped over those that were making church all about what they could get for themselves. And he said, this is church. We're here to make, make clear the pathway between people's pain and the presence of God. I want you to have an attitude adjustment. Matthew 20, verse 28, and I'm done. Jesus said, your attitude must be like my own. For I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Get an aggressive attitude. We can do this thing. Hey, we can't do it all, but we can do more than we think we can. And by the grace of God, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the unity of the church, our collective generosity, our prayers, our sacrifice, our service, our surrender, we can do more than has ever been done before. We can go to places we've never been, bring breakthrough to people that have never been reached, and bring hope to the hurting that are around us. I want to pray for us as a church. I do believe God is working in your heart. I know so many of you, you've had a lot of issues, a lot of pain, a lot of problems. I want to pray that you'd find hope right now. And for any of you here that have never received the gift of Jesus, it's your time to receive the greatest gift of all. There is hope for you. There's a living Savior that gave his life for you. Wherever you're at, whatever you're walking through, maybe you're like many of the people I've talked to in our church, that your job has been slowed down or even put on pause, that you're dealing with fear, you're wrestling with anxious thoughts. I'm going to pray hope into your life right now then I'd love to lead all of us in a prayer just to get our hearts right with Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for everyone watching, every family they represent, every issue they're currently facing. God, I thank you that you care about everything. You don't just care about their soul in eternity. You care about their struggle in the here and now. And so Lord, I thank you, Prince of Peace, speak peace to every storm. You are the great provider. In fact, one of your names, God, is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. I thank you your provision is showing up in their world and in their life. I thank you for a new career, a new job opportunity. I thank you for supernatural provision and protection for them. I thank you for every anxious thought. It's got to go. I think their minds are set on the thoughts of heaven. Lord, and I thank you for all of us. We're leaning in, not even in our place of need, 
not just trying to get our need met, but we're actually looking first to how can we meet the needs of others. Lord, bring hope to every hearer, every watcher, everyone in our church, everyone listening in. Bring hope to them, radical hope, not just in them, but through them, so we could be that kind of church. In Jesus' name. Jesus says in Mark chapter 8, if you try to keep your life for yourself, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for the sake of the good news, the gospel, you'll find true life. And some of you, you've been holding on to control of your life. That's why you always lose out. Nothing seems to come in order or in place. You always take a step forward, two steps back. Here's your opportunity to lose your life and gain your God life. You gotta give it to God. You need to say, Jesus, here's my whole life. I'm, I'm not just coming to church every once in a while. I'm not just coming to church when I feel down. No, I'm giving you my heart. And then I'm gonna make this divine, divine trade, divine exchange of the life I used to live for the life that God has for me. We call this a moment of surrender. It's a believer's prayer. We're all gonna pray it together. Friend, if you've never said this prayer, or maybe you said it a long time ago, but you've been holding on to your life for yourself, let's get it right. If Jesus isn't first, your whole life is out of order. Can you pray this prayer with me? Come on, church family, everyone watching, let's pray together. Say, thank you, God, for loving me so much so that you surrendered your life so I could find your perfect peace, your perfect love, your incredible grace. I turn away from my old life. I give you my whole heart. My life is not my own. It's been bought with the price, the precious gift of Jesus's life. And in response, I give my whole life to you. Show me my God future. From today on, I'm walking with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate.